This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Captain Niker. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Today, my special guest is comedian and friend to the show. Please, please welcome back Matt McCready. How you hey. doing? Hey. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, like, right off the top, we had a little banter about this before we started recording, but... I like I don't my microphone is having a day I don't know like it's not totally working so my audio is like through the computer it's not my fancy like professional voiceover uh, podcasting microphone but Matt McCready our guest has the professional audio equipment so I sound like a big loser probably in comparison but here we are. We're still well, doing- if you didn't tell them, they'd think you were in like a car phone or something, like uh, driving around California, you know? <laughs> I you know mean, like I'm a sad loser using his wife's microphone. I don't-, <laughs> I don't know, like the quality of this computer's mic. So this is like going to be a real test, I guess. So hopefully next week I'll have it sorted out. But we're here. We're live. Yeah, the worst the worst uh, recording I ever heard on a podcast was on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast, and he had this old wrestler Raven on, and fucking sorry, I shouldn't swear so casually and so early, uh, but a uh, Raven was just on a on a uh, 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 what's it, what's it called uh, a treadmill the entire podcast. He's just out of breath, and like you could hear him <laughs> running around the entire time. It's a truly awful podcast to listen to. That's amazing. That reminds me of um, the No Dunks guys. Yeah. Because I think, like, they do these, like, um, like these bets every month to, like, pick games to see. And then, like, whoever picks the least number of wins every month has to do, like, a thing. And I'm pretty sure they had Jay Skeets, like, running on a treadmill. Oh, really? For, like, an entire episode. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't think it was because of a dare or anything. I think uh, wrestlers are just weird guys. <laughs> yeah, that's even he's just extremely not self-aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Love that the nickname Raven crosses over from wrestling into like the drag race world. Like, there's yeah, all, and it's like just such a funny like generic name that I feel like every demographic has somehow. Totally. Nickelodeon. Um, that's so Raven. Uh, you know, classic <laughs> literature, the Raven. Um, yeah, everyone's got a Raven. Who's the Raven of the NBA? Let's get the hard hitting questions first. <laughs> Who's the Raven of the they NBA? used a Raven during the dunk contest. That would have been <laughs> interesting. I want a hawk in the dunk contest. I want someone to call a hawk that drops a the literal- basketball from the ceiling and they dunk it. A literal hawk. You know what? Like, I like obviously, like, our first topic is about the All Star weekend and just how terrible. Obviously. Obviously. (laughs) And if you're listening, it's obvious. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, It was just, it was so terrible. Like, literally, a bird flying in would have been the most interesting thing that happened on that night. Is yeah, I remember Johnny it? Knoxville always said that, like, he always likes working with bulls because it's guaranteed great footage. And, like, yeah, adding some animals to All-Star Weekends, that's key. That would be great. I love how, like, the dunk contest has gotten to the point where we're like, let's just bring in other things. Like, we don't even, <laughs> let's just not even have basketball players anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, to keep my, like, 
uh, early 2000s uh, triad going of, uh, of uh, you know, professional wrestling. Uh, like Tony Hawk and like Jackass. Like, you know, there's only so much like uh, skateboarding tricks you can do after a while before people are like, well, we need to move on to something else. And I think like the, 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 Interesting. Uh, the uh, uh, extent of what human athleticism can give you in terms of a dunk might have been kind of reached. Like how much more can we do mm. without adding weird stuff? Well, I mean, I guess the question is, is that like, if you saw somebody do, let's just use Vince Carter as an example, because we all know those dunks. Yeah. Like if somebody did like the Vince, one of Vince Carter's dunks, like the hand in the basket, but just executed it really well. Yeah. Would you be happy with that? Yeah. The honey dip. I love the honey dip. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a classic, classic dunk for sure. Um, featured in NBA Street Volume uh, 2 at the very least. That's, that's something I remember. Uh, the thing is about Vince's dunk contest, which I, I don't think gets mentioned enough, is that he didn't miss a dunk the entire time. He nailed it every single time. So it's like no one does that anymore. So if he, if like someone came in and just hit their first dunk every time, they'd probably win now. Mm-hmm. The audience would give it a standing ovation. Yeah, I like personally, I really do like the pageantry of the dunk contest. I feel like that is where we get a lot of our fun. Like, like when those Timberlands first came out, I thought it was really fun. It's just then it's like it took so long to lace them up and actually get the dunk going that it became super anticlimactic. But the initial yeah. idea of that, I really like. Totally. He like. You know, they, I feel like they needed to spend, like, if you're going to do the dunk contest, you have to spend a week taking theater classes where it's just like timing. And, uh, you know, like, uh, if, 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 how, how did you not know it was going to take time to tie up those shoes and how bad that would be? The thing that killed me was that they came out of like a random backpack, like, they didn't even come out of the box. You know what I mean? So it's like, why wouldn't you have had those laced up already? It's it's uh it's a mystery, you know. Yeah, just come out with come out just wearing them, you know. Yeah, like, like if, they, if they came out of the box, I might have understood a bit more. But it was like they were out of like his dad's, like wasn't even a nice backpack. Yeah, I remember Macho King Randy Savage used to come out in this uh, throne that would have like four men carrying it out. So he could have come out on one of those cool thrones, had a blanket over his legs, thrown the blanket away to reveal the Timberlands, and then gone off and dunked. How great would that be? That would have been cool. Yeah. I have an idea. <laughs> I have an idea for the dunk contest. Okay, go. And that is what if you know you have your participants mm-hmm. and they get assigned a dunk. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah, I love that. On the spot. I think that would make it so much more fun again. Yeah, give the first round, like, whatever you want to do. Everyone can prepare a dunk. The second round, it's like, you got to recreate a dunk. How good are you? That's cool. Yeah, I like that idea a lot. Like, it could be, like, I assume, like, one of the judges would just, like, have a dunk that Mm -hmm. they select, right, out of all the greats we've ever seen. Or it could just be the greats. It could be their dunks, you know? Yeah, it could be their dunks. And then they have to and then they have to recreate it. Like I think that would solve a lot of this. Yeah. Because totally. like you said, it's like there's only so much you can physically do. I think mm-hmm. the Tony Hawk example is actually, even though it's like funny that you were such a little skater boy back in the two thousand. To be fair, this was that <laughs> Philippe Dimas, if you know him, he's a Toronto comedian. He came up with that um comparison. That wasn't uh, fresh yet from my from my mind. That was Philippe. Wait, who who came up with that? Philippe Dimas, he's like a Toronto comedian guy. Oh, cool. Okay, well, shout out to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, I think that that's it. Yeah, sure, they could do one off the top, but they gotta like, they gotta a li- the time there got there has to be a time limit, and you only get so many chances. Yes, I, or like-, like each chance, the maximum you can get goes down by one. Like you can get yeah. ten out of ten if you get a first time, nine, eight, seven. And then no one wants to go. Well, like you, it, it automatically deducts points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, a lot of people talk about the cash prize uh, being increased. For me, I feel like 
I don't love that it's like their personal money is the incentive. I don't know why. Cause I just like, when I think about the all-star game, I love that that money is about charity mm. and then, it get, and then you see like the kids there and they get all excited and into it. I think that makes the all-star game more fun. Like to me, it would be exciting if they had an element like that in it. So they're like, you can increase the cash prize, but it's like, they're in it for those kids and they're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Make it, make it for the people, you know? Yeah. Cause Dunks it's like are for the people. people being like the cash prize needs to be a million dollars. And it's like, okay, cool. But like, why, like, why, like, like you're telling me like OB Toppin is mailing it in because the cash prize isn't a million dollars. Like, is that what we're really saying? Cause to, that to me just like puts me off a bit. Yeah, Obi Toppin's the worst dunk champ in a while. Uh, <laughs> but his name is so perfect. Like his name is like you, like out of the womb. It's like you're gonna play basketball. <laughs> and Obi Toppin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, he's a he's a he's a he's a, a prodigy. You know, a big time dunker. He's got such a weird Frankenstein body. I'm really glad it worked out for him. <laughs> He said that like there was gonna be more to it, and then you just, and then no, you were... no that's all. That's this is the hard hitting NBA analysis that you're getting here on uh, Catherine's uh, buckets Look, of tea I, podcast. I think everyone listening knows that this is about as hard hitting as it gets on this. <laughs> you know? But uh, I gotta ask you. So, like, what yeah. would you do if, like, if if the NBA, you know, turned to you, Matt McCree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which would be hilarious. Oh, but let's say they, unlikely. <laughs> they turned to you and asked you, how should we improve the dunk contest? What do you ultimately say? I wouldn't end the night with the dunk contest. I put it in the middle so there's less pressure on it to be to excel. Okay. Um, I might even space it out. I might start off with the first round and then come back with the second round so the guys get a chance to rest up a little bit. Mm. Um. Yeah, yeah, I would close with the three-point competition. You're always going to have something exciting in the three-point competition. It's going to be a clear winner that everyone will agree did the best. Just not, it's very clear-cut. Uh, if, the show, if the show on Saturday ended with uh, Towns hitting a, a bunch of threes, I'd be happy with that. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't have, honestly, a billion ideas on how to fix it. Um, I think if you're going to do pageantry, do it right. Um, call Vince McMahon or something. Get some, like... Or like a th- or a theater producer, get people in there that like really know what they're doing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just uh, get Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I recant everything I just said. And <laughs> <laughs> the thing about uh, LMM that makes him so great is that he always knows when to step into the background and not make the show about himself. So he would be perfect to go in and do this. <laughs> That would be incredible if the entire cast of Hamilton came out, did a song, and then randomly there's a dunk. At the yeah. yeah, and then like they all get dunked on individually by the greatest players in the NBA. <laughs> or they like, or like as they're like singing, or like, like I guess like maybe at like the bridge or like one of those like last courses of the song, they just like quiet it down. And then they just keep singing, but it like it's softer as the player gets <laughs> Oh god. What you how would you feel about this? Is like um you get heavier and heavier people to go in and try to block the shot, and it's just like it becomes a power dunk competition. <laughs> like they the defenders have to go straight up they gotta put arms straight up in the air um you can get good athletes to do it so it's more impressive but it just becomes like can you dunk through 255 can you dunk through 285 you know (laughs) i mean odds of injury are sky high for this but uh you know there's strong cons to me it's so funny that it's about weight for you and not height 
Like you think the height would increase the chance? I think you know what that is that's a fair comment. But here's the thing, like Sean Bradley, everyone dunked on Sean Bradley because his center of gravity was in his knees and he was like 210 pounds. But like if you put like prime Shaq out there, no one's dunking on Shaq. Or even like uh Reggie Evans, you know, like he's like a brick. No one's going through Reg. Um <laughs> Look, I feel like you just invented the blocking contest, which <laughs> requires a dunker to sacrifice themselves. Yeah, I guess it really board. becomes more of a blocking contest. Yeah, maybe it's that. Maybe it's a team thing. You have a dunker and you have a blocker, and whoever scores the most points wins for the pair. You know. <laughs> so when they go down, it's like that's a team effort. Or yeah. So like, if it's like, um, let's say back in the day, we have like uh, Vince and Oakley. Person and and God bless the person who's going to try to dunk on Charles Oakley because you're taking an elbow to the jaw. Um, but uh, those two against like Steve Francis and like Yao Ming back in the day, you know, like who's going to win that? Like, wouldn't that be exciting? That would be exciting, and also it would have been amazing to watch Vince dunk over Yao Ming because uh-huh. he would have. Yeah, I don't know. Did Vince he ever get a signature good. dunk on Ming? He got a Great dunk on a ton of guys. I don't remember a Ming one. No, I don't recall. But I think if there was a stage set up for it, he would. Yeah. Yeah, I think by the time Ming kind of became a thing, Vince was a little bit... um, He was much past his dunking prime at the very least. Yeah, at that point he had a few too many knee injuries, so he was playing more of a mid-range game Mm. after that. Yeah, he got those Nick Nurse minutes early, you know? Really sapped his (laughs) athleticism. The Butch Carter minutes. No, it wasn't so much Butch. Butch was actually pretty Lenny good his minutes. It was Lenny. Lenny killed him. I remember there was a lot of disagreement. There's such a vague memory about, about Lenny Wilkins and like how he was running things, I guess, like the year before he was fired. That's such a vague memory for me. Yeah. Um, I was too young and unknowledgeable about basketball at that time to have too strong an opinion on what type of coaching job Lenny Wilkins did other than he played Carter probably way too many minutes. Well, I remember like, like he had at the time, it was like, oh, he's like one of, he's like the winningest coach in NBA mm-hmm. history. But he was also the coach that had lost the most games. Yes. He had just coached the most games. But it That's was true. the way you phrased those stats deeply impacted the way you viewed him. Yeah, but do we really want to say that Kobe Bryant led the league and missed shots seven times? You know, it doesn't sound doesn't sound as good. I mean, no, it definitely doesn't. I I guess if you were alive, that would be a lot funnier. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, I mean, the old joke used to be that, like, a Kobe assist was a missed shot by Kobe. Yes, yeah. That the the idea behind the Kobe assist is that Kobe Bryant would uh, uh, garner so much attention on his shooting that his um, that there would be an easy offensive rebound for somebody, mm-hmm. uh, and then they would get a, a putback basket. Um, some might say it's apologizing for Kobe taking self shots, but uh, <laughs> some, some would say it's a Kobe assist. Okay, I have a stupid, ridiculous uh, dunk competition pitch. Okay. So that is, what if, this is the dumbest idea I've ever had. What if the day of, we're like, hey guys, the dunkers got to shoot threes and the three-point shooters have to try and make a dunk. Wow. <laughs> be good. You just got to try and dunk. To me, this would be so stupid and so controversial, but it would also be so funny. I bet a lot. Of, yeah, it would be really the funny to see Fred Van Vliet in the dunk competition. <laughs> like the amount of outrage on Twitter that would cause would just be hilarious. Anyway, that's my super dumb pitch. Um. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, nothing to add. Perfect. Just, just like, just it, that's just my like watch the world burn pitch <laughs> to try and fix. Uh, to try and fix the dunk contest, but I, but I do like my my real pitch is that they that they have to that they're selected a dunk that someone selects a dunk and tells them which one. It's the best idea them. we've had in a in a and sea they- of terrible ideas. <laughs> but that's how great ideas come. 
That's true. Yeah, you just got to hit like one out of like every 80. It's like Mark Cuban had one good idea in his entire life and made billions of dollars off of it. And then even his good idea went sour four months after he sold it. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, if you if the idea is good enough or if someone's dumb enough to buy it, it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you um do you have any other thoughts on All-Star Saturday night? Saturday night, I do not. I love the Sunday night uh, trotting out of the veterans, though. I really enjoy the 75. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching the 75 as well. I thought, I mean, it was a little long, but I also thought, like, it deserved to be long. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, I really liked it. My my highlight was, watch, was, like, when they would cut away to how bored Adele was. <laughs> she clearly hasn't heard of anybody. You know, uh, I mean, Adele's not a huge Dave Bing fan. <laughs> yeah, Adele's just sitting there, like, waiting for it to be over. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I absolutely, my, one of my random hot takes is that I think Scottie Pippen deliberately missed it because he didn't want to have to face Jordan after, like, a year of promoting his book and other random slander. Um, it's also possible knowing Jordan that he's like, I'm not going to come if Pippen's there. Yeah. Not only do I think Jordan said, I'm not going to go if Pippen's there. I also think he said, I'm not going to do it unless you introduce me last. Oh, that's for sure. A thing. I am the greatest. <laughs> and everyone needs to know that and be reminded of it constantly. Because yeah. um, I mean, they could have introduced LeBron last because it's yes. in Cleveland. Yeah. And that would have gotten an applause or they could have done the Kobe thing last if they wanted. But I feel like Michael Jordan had a say. I mean, from a sheer theatrics point of view, it makes sense for Jordan to go last. Like LeBron was there and had already done like been introduced for the the team earlier and everything. So it's like we know we know about LeBron. So from that point of view, I get it. But it's also for sure a Jordan thing that he would need to be introduced last. Yeah, and whatever. I'm fine with it. Yeah, There's a great I'm... Bill Walton story where he talks about how Wilt Chamberlain and Michael Jordan at the NBA 50 um, uh, reunion uh, were just going at each other backstage over which one of them was the greatest player of all time. Just both really yelling at each other. Wow. Yeah. I got to find that. That's amazing. I uh, There's no footage of the actual conversation, but it was uh, Walton. Walton I can't remember. You can find the Walton talking about a clip out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I, uh, did you see the little clip of him uh, challenging Magic Johnson to a one-on-one? Wilt? No, Michael Jordan over the weekend. (laughs) Oh, no, no, I did not. Sorry. I thought we were talking about something 25 (laughs) years ago again. (laughs) Sorry, that might have been my bad. No, Uh, no, no. I could see Wilt challenging pry Michael Jordan to one-on-one at like 58 years old. I could see that for sure. Yeah, that's one thing I don't know about Wilt's personality is I don't know how much of a a competitive psycho he was. Because like Mm. Jordan is, you know what I mean? Because like to me, it's so crazy that he's still challenging Magic Johnson to a one-on-one. Like, yeah. Like I, who knows what kind of fitness, what their knees are like. I, that that is just so like he still needs it. They did. They used to do old timer games at the All Star game, and I remember da- yeah. there was one where like David Thompson, who like led the league in scoring in the late seventies, and like this was like nineteen ninety two or something, and like two other guys like blew out their knees mm-hmm. um, doing it. Like three guys were carted off oh, in the same game, oh, and right. they were like, "Let's stop it." Um, so that was oh, the last time they did that. So uh, it's probably a good thing that Magic and uh, Jordan didn't go one-on-one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, like, Jordan was half joking but half quite serious. Yeah. And then Magic just took it like a joke and then it didn't go any further. Um, yeah. Also, I can imagine Jordan challenging somebody who he for sure knew would say no. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way Magic's going to suit up. yeah. Um, no, for sure. I uh, I mean, I thought the All-Star game itself was pretty great. Uh, I Steph loved Curry's it. Imp- uh, performance with the 16 threes was incredible. Um, yeah, like I it was kind of to me, it was kind of funny. Like there was a moment in the game. I want to say somewhere in the third quarter where like Trey Young was trying to go like three for three 
with Steph and he was just bricking it and then had to give up and then like try to play some defense on him and it still didn't work. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think if you're watching closely, Trey Young kind of low key didn't have the best <laughs> night uh, trying to guard Steph there. But uh, overall, I thought it was amazing. And I've, it was kind of poetic, too, with LeBron hitting the, that last uh, shot to end it. Wonderful. Um, yeah, I thought it was really great. And I, I do like the, um, what, what's it called, the Elam ending? Oh, I want them to use it in the regular season for sure. Really? That was a yeah. I heard uh, on, on the Bill Simmons podcast earlier today. That Oh, yeah? Who was saying that? I don't know, one of his guests, some white guy. <laughs> no, not Bill Simmons. Not, not Mr. Diversity, Ryan Rosillo. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm out here with my friend Joe Apartments and fucking Ryan Rosillo, and we're just saying the same shit about basketball we've been saying for 25 years. Which character from The Wire... Do you think is most like the NBA? <laughs> oh my God. My theory is that Bill Simmons and Ryan Russillo are basically the same person. And then <laughs> and that Bill Simmons got married and had kids and Ryan didn't. And that is the only thing that separates them. <laughs> I think if Bill Simmons didn't get married and have kids, he would be at the gym pumping iron. And he would be exactly like Ryan Russillo. Yeah. Yeah. I think I actually find Simmons kind of interesting to listen to at times. Um, but he needs to have somebody on his show who will challenge him, and he never does. No. Also, let's hope nobody from The Ringer ever listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I'm not in this game. This is this is your career I'm burying right now. I mean, I've got like one foot in this game, you know, and my other foot in a whole other game. But that's that's I don't know, millennial multiple job life that I live. Mm-hmm. But uh, Elam ending. I mean, who wouldn't love to be invested in an NBA game until the very end, no matter what? You know, it's like. So many NBA games end with a ton of free throws and it's just an awful slog that if it's like within like, if it's more than like seven points, you just turn off the game before it's over. You're going to get a a game winning shot every single game. You could have like an amazing stat, like most game winners in the league each year. It'd be amazing. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if like, it just feels very drastic to me to suddenly be like the whole regular season is going to be like this. Like, I don't know. Like, it's I'm so part- exciting. Like, like, like it, the, the problem I hear often, cause I've been a supporter of this for like a couple years now, but the problem uh, that I often hear is like, Oh, I don't know. It's too different. It's like, it might be too exciting. You know, like that doesn't seem like that terrible. Too exciting. Too exciting. This, we're all going to have heart attacks and be rushed <laughs> to the hospitals. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I think like, I don't know, man. Like the most exciting plays in basketball are like when it's tied and it's coming down and like, why not push to have that each game? I mean, the 24 second shot clock is the most drastic rule change in the history of sport of the four major sports, probably when it came in. Um, But dear God, was it necessary? And I don't know if this rule is necessary, but like, why? Like it just has screamed success at every level it's been tried at. I think I don't have like a real counter, but for me, I've never like, I don't know if it's just because I've been watching basketball for so long and I'm used to the pace of it or even like the lack of pace Uh at the end of a game that it doesn't bother me Uh that the end of the game slows down. Like I always hear that. Do you not find intentional fouling just kind of weird? Like, there's no, like, game outside. Like, when you're playing basketball with your friends and stuff, there's no game that ends with guys grabbing each other and, like, shooting. You know, it's like, it's absurd. To Yes, I agree. I agree that I hate intentional fouling just for the sake of stopping a clock and whatever. But I, I don't know. I think no matter how you bend the rules, there's always going to be some sort of strategy around them. Right. But I mean, you definitely wouldn't intentionally foul 
in an Elam ending game because you're just giving points to the other team, right? Mm-hmm. But you're saying like they might come up with like an alternative strategy to like take advantage of that? I mean, I don't know what it would be off the top of my head, but I'm just thinking like there would be something. Right, yeah. I you you'd get less timeouts too because timeouts would slow down the game and it gives the other team a chance to set their defense. Where I feel like when you have more control of the clock, you're more likely to do that anyways. Because mm-hmm. you're like, well, at least I'm controlling the clock. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel the like lamb ending. You know, you want to say yes. I'm not sitting here feeling like I need it, yeah. but if it happened, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be a hater. I would go into it with an open mind and then see. Because, like, That's when the All Star Game changed their rules, I the way they released it, I was confused. But oh, it was so weirdly it convoluted and weird. Yeah, like I was like, I don't understand what this is. But then when I watched it unfold, I was like, oh, this is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So I would be open-minded to it, but I'm not feeling like I need it. That's all I'm asking. I need it. I need it. I need it so bad. <laughs> um, the other All-Star uh, weekend story that I feel like we really need to talk about, or at least I feel extremely uh, intrigued by, is that LeBron James hinted at a post-LA Lakers life. And he hinted at ending his career in Cleveland. And, you know, I mean, this is big. This is really, really big because he really went to L.A. to end his career there. Um, But it's obviously not. I mean, I can't say it didn't work out at all. They did get one championship out of it. But I mean, to me, like LeBron James is the ultimate ring chaser. If anything, he invented it. Like, right? Like, I mean, you could go back. I don't know. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. You can go back and be like, oh, no, these players formed a big three, like Boston with Paul George, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, or like, Mm -hmm. like Charles Barkley left the Phoenix Suns to join the Houston Rockets. But there hasn't been a player that did it over and over and over again. Like, and so that's when you went back to Cleveland, it wasn't the most advantageous winning situation. It was more like he just wanted it. A cool narrative. Well, but he manipulated things. Remember, there was the whole like Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love situation. Like, also great trade. Yeah, I mean, it worked out absolutely. But it's just like he definitely he didn't just go to Cleveland for the sake of it. Like he went there to manipulate a championship there. Mm -hmm. Then he went to LA to do the same thing. I just think it's really interesting that he could leave LA. He also very much said that he wants to play with his son Bronny. So a couple interesting uh, things to note about this. So LeBron James is contracted uh, till the end of next season, 2023. Yep. Bronny is available for the draft in 2024. Yeah. So there's a year gap mm-hmm. between those two things. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, LeBron has so much influence, but I don't know if he could influence the draft for his son to be drafted to his team or if he could manipulate a trade, like a draft day trade for him to for his son to go to whatever team he is on at the time. But it does feel to me that these are very likely to be his last big moves. Well, he's at the age now where they kind of have to be. Um I mean, Bronny, at least at this point, is like a middling at best prospect. Um, so it would be interesting to see like how high up the draft board he could shoot if you get him and you kind of know that you're also going to get LeBron James. It could also be a thing where it's like whoever drafts him could, uh, you know, if he leaves um, L.A. and he goes to Cleveland, he's there for a year and Cleveland has like the 15th pick and, um, you know, the pelicans have the 11th and the pelicans pick brawny james they could like ask for like three first round picks so like lebron can play with his son you know they could hold whichever team has lebron kind of hostage um yeah it's kind of uh it's interesting yeah and i mean like the weirdest thing i'm not the first person to point this out but 
like Cleveland is like the perfect fit for LeBron to play. Yeah, at, that's what know? everyone's saying now that he's hinted that he could be interested. Yeah, he's got like a floor space. Sp- he's got like uh, the the vertical threat with uh, Jared Allen. He's got great young guards. He's got a defensive beast in Mobley who undoubtedly nearly certainly will be even better two years from now. He might be one of the top five best players in the league by then. Who knows, right? So it's like, yeah, why wouldn't he go back there? Yeah, I think, okay, this is just my uh, assessment of what's happening. And this is a very, very early assessment. Assess. I think, you know, LeBron's realizing that a fifth ring or even a sixth ring is not, (sighs) likely Hmm. and i think he's such um he he really thinks about his narrative a lot and he's very self-aware of that and what i think he's thinking is that if he can't get the rings what he can do is end on a greater sentimental note totally growing pains his last season yeah and i think what he might be willing to do is after his time with the Lakers, because I don't think the Lakers are going to trade him. Like, I don't think that's happening, but I think what he could do is sign a one year minimum with a team and then sign a second one year minimum with whatever team Bronny goes to and then, and cap it off like that. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Cleveland should have the amount of money in the year that he's a free agent to sign him to a near-max deal. Yeah, like I think he could go for one more ring with Cleveland mm-hmm. in the 2023-2024 season and then end it with wherever Bronny's at. I think the Lakers, I think, I think it's more likely that the Lakers trade LeBron next year. He doesn't have a no-trade contract, uh, contract and the Lakers are a mess. I don't see them being better next year unless Davis can uh, get healthy. And unfortunately it looks like he can't. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is possible. I don't know in terms of like what Cleveland has to offer. I do think they have a decent number of draft picks, mm-hmm. which the Lakers would be hungry for because they traded so many of theirs away. They're obviously not going to get rid of anybody in their core. So they would have to be able to accept picks and like, a handful of role players. I don't even think he's going to go to Cleveland. I think he could just go anywhere. I think the team's just going to acquire him for a stretch run. But I don't think the Lakers would do that to LeBron. Yeah, I mean, I bet he would have say on where he's going just for, like, the PR standpoint. But, um, I I mean, maybe he'll just want to, like, play out the stretch there. Maybe they'll be competitive enough, but... I mean, I don't see them being better next year. They're still going to have Westbrook. They're going to have Davis. They're going to have LeBron. They're going to have no money for anyone else. But I don't know. Maybe we'll. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, I have. I just don't think they'll trade LeBron. Like, I just think like their fan base would explode. Like, they would have protests outside the Crypto.com yeah. arena. You know, like I mean, they I, traded Shaq. Yeah, but that was different. <laughs> I mean, because they kept Kobe. Yeah. And they had won three in a row. Like, it's not like they got rid of Shaq and Kobe. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I I just think I could be wrong. Obviously, we're just sitting here trying to predict the future. Speculating. But I just think, like, I just wasn't expecting this going into All Star weekend. I was not expecting LeBron to drop these kinds of hints about how he wants to end his career and how, I mean, he didn't explicitly say, but he basically said that that doesn't necessarily involve being in LA. And so that was really interesting. Like he sees the writing on the wall and he does control where he goes, whether he's supposed to or not. (laughs) And yeah, maybe, maybe they'll call it by the end of this season. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's going to be re- the tail end of this guy's career is going to be really fascinating. Yeah, I wish him the best. <laughs> and again, just... <laughs> okay, 
Another story that's a little confusing, baffling, maybe borderline depressing is what's going on with Zion Williamson in yeah. New Orleans. Uh, CJ McCollum came out and said he has not spoken to Zion. Uh, he was traded there about two weeks ago. Um, JJ Reddick came out. JJ Reddick's coming out saying all kinds of crazy things. But he came out and was just like, Zion is distant from the team. He hasn't really talked to the team. The team doesn't really say much about Zion. There's a lot of speculation about how the franchise might be attempting to prepare for a post-Zion world. Um, it's unclear if that is simply a backup plan or a real plan. Like, it's hard to tell, like, how much that is their plan A or how much that's their plan B. But... The Zion situation is pretty scary. Like I, before uh, this podcast was on Raptors Republic, I said earlier this year, like this guy has Greg Oden written all over him. And I hate saying that because I don't want to be right about that, like no. at all. But it's just hard not to make that comparison because he's supposed to be the franchise guy, the chosen one. This was the pick that everybody wanted. And he's been on, you know, he just hasn't been healthy and meanwhile, like John Morant's out here, the number two pick, killing it. And he's turned out to be the the true franchise guy. Yeah, it's it's awful because I remember at the end of last year uh, when Zion was healthy pretty much throughout the entire year. And um, there was like a, a consensus of us like, oh, could you believe thinking that Morant was better than Zion because the year before when Zion missed the year, uh, that was kind of the consensus. So it swung back and forth between the two. Uh, It's with Morant, uh, obviously firmly now, because who knows what Zion's career will kind of be like. Um, Yeah, it's, it's a bummer. It's a bummer for Zion. It's a bummer for um, the new Orleans Pelicans, a bummer for the, his teammates. It's a bummer for the world who love watching this guy play. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, it's tough to kick somebody when they're so down, you know, mm-hmm. like with Reddick's comments, you know, you can say like he's a terrible teammate and all this stuff. But it's also like, I don't know, man, like if if I was Zion, I would be pretty depressed with how the world's going and uh, how his body is holding up. And um, it's not like every move the uh, that team has made has really been great. They let Lonzo go for nothing, mm-hmm. which was fucking nuts it's my second and last f-bomb i swear uh on this podcast uh but you know like yeah it's like i don't know man like who like i don't know leave the guy alone who who, like i understand pelicans fans being very depressed about it and it does seem like it's not going to work out for him and this team like it doesn't seem like they're they're made for each other um so yeah it should be interesting i wonder if like uh they could make a call over to Sam Presti in Oklahoma City, see if they can get like 10 picks from uh, Presti for him or something. Who knows? Yeah, I, there's, I mean, for a while now, it's just been rumored that he wants to be in New York. Mm-hmm. And there's some people who think that he's just holding out to be in New York. Oh, yeah. I don't necessarily think that's true. I think if he could play, he'd want to play. Um, oh, yeah. I, I definitely think he's injured. Like, yeah, absolutely. I do too. Uh, not to say that he wouldn't want to go play with the Knicks, but also like, oh my God, that would just add to how much of a hot mess the Knicks always are. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the, the, the solution to Zion's long-term health is playing under Thibodeau. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, I just, I look at that and I'm like, this is not a good fit. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that's an insane choice. My theory about the trade for CJ McCollum, which I think some people were slightly confused by. At first, I thought, oh, does this mean Zion might actually be back towards the tail end of the season? But what I think it is, is that they just so desperately need to make that plan with or without Zion that they decided to spring for this trade. That's honestly what I think. I think um, David Griffin, like his job was just on the line. Oh yeah, Griff, Griffin's just been a terrible GM for like yeah. ten years straight now. Yeah, I think his job's on the line, and this just feels like one of those trades. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, you nailed it. I had no disagreement there whatsoever. It made very little sense <laughs> that the teams that most aggressively went after people in the trade deadline were uh, New Orleans and Sacramento chasing the 10th seed in the West. It was <laughs> so stupid. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, that's why those teams are where they are, because they make short-sighted, weird moves that are done to help certain individuals in the organization as opposed to the uh, organization as a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's move on to Raptors. Love it. Mm-hmm. Favorite team in the league. Best team. <laughs> no kidding. We're on Raptors Republic. Imagine yeah. we had a Raptors Republic uh, swear jar just for you. Am I am I the person who sweared the most on this podcast? No, I don't know. Maybe. I feel like Foise probably swore a bit. Oh, right? Foise probably swore the most. Yeah. Well, I'd have to go back, but my but my bet would be on it. He also drank a beer while we recorded. <laughs> and it was like 4 p.m. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only know him from playing basketball with him, actually. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, yeah. Anyway, just random comedy people and how we know each other. Uh, okay, our Raptors Homer moment. So, Goran Dragic with the Brooklyn Nets uh, mm-hmm. talked about how things went down with the Raptors and basically s- said that he was told that he wasn't wanted here. Mm-hmm. And that he should just go home and be at home and we'll trade you. Um, what did you think about his comments? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I think if you want to, if you want to boo Goran Dragic as a Raptor fan, go ahead and do that. You know, like I like pro wrestling as, as evidenced by my <laughs> listening to a stone cold Raven podcast. Um, so yeah, I understand the, the urge to boo it, but if like you're, truly angry at Goran Dragic or if like Goran Dragic is ruining your day it's like you have to re-examine your life a little bit right like like who cares he's such an inconsequential player he's 37 years old and he was good in his prime and he would have made a difference back in the day but it really did seem like he started playing with the team and then I feel like he knew that he was going to get Nick Nurse out of the lineup and uh wasn't really going to play and they were like, you know, it seems like a very amicable kind of split up. And he was kind of held hostage by his contract. They knew they wanted to hold on to his contract. They didn't want to buy him out right away because they knew they could maybe use his contract in a trade. So he's just kind of stuck in it. So it's like, I don't know. Like, yeah, it seems it seems like the Raptors were a classy organization. It seems like he did whatever they agreed to. So it's like, I don't know. I don't really care. But at the same time, if you want to boo a man, booing's fun. I like booing. Go ahead and boo Goran Dragic. I just think that you should actually have true dislike for the guy over this. I just picture you at a game. Imagine we have like people there and we're facing the nets everyone's booing him and then you're booing him and you're like, I don't agree with it, but boo. <laughs> yeah. That's me at every wrestling event. I know that you're deep down a good person, but the character demands that I do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I never booed Vince. I always loved Vince. Uh, you never booed Vince? Never? Never. No, I loved Vince. I was so mad when uh, people would boo Vince back in the day. Vince was my man. Love Vince. Wow. Yeah. I, um, no, I felt kind of heartbroken by Vince back then. I'm over it now. I hope so. <laughs> I know I know someone who isn't over it. And he still is hates it, it. Is it Foise? No, it's not. <laughs> is it Foise? Is that what caused him to pull out the beer? Not the mere Foise. mention of Vince's name? No, but he does give off the impression that he could hold a grudge for a long time. No, he's yes. uh, he's not in comedy, but... Oh, okay. uh, yeah, he doesn't sound too. like a guy who's got a lot of laughs in his life. <laughs> I was just like, you are the last person on earth holding on to this grudge. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like, I agree with you in terms of how like inconsequential all this was. And I think Raptors fans made it a bigger deal than it was. I also think Raptors fans kind of thought that maybe he was a larger trade asset then he really yeah. why would anyone like like, like honestly why, why did people like, think that like when everybody was like we should we could have gotten more mm-hmm. um i instead of thaddeus young i was like how much more like i don't like he played this year 
and he was terrible. It did seem like Porzingis was on the table if they wanted Porzingis. No. They just chose they didn't want to. We don't want Porzingis. No, we don't. I agree with that decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, like that—that's—that's that's a trade that if it happened, people would be like, "Whoa, they got Porzingis for Drogic," you know, like that would have satiated those types of people, well, and <laughs> more so that Porzingis was got for two of the worst contracts in the league. Um, I feel so, like the Mavericks have been trying to trade Porzingis ever since they got him. Honestly, well, they loved him for the first year, but yeah, I mean, there's there's another guy whose body just won't uh, agree with them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I thought his assessment of the situation seemed pretty accurate. Like, I don't think he over-exaggerated anything at all. I think it would be so stupid to boo him at the games. I'm not with you. I mean, I'm not a wrestling fan, and I'm not, like, like a man who's, like, uh, who can't express my feelings, so I do it through the Raptors, you know, what right. I mean? <laughs> which I think is a lot of people. That who is like, true. Oh, he doesn't want to play here. He doesn't want to play here, and I'm like, he doesn't want to go on a date with me, huh? You know, <laughs> stop having such a personal complex about who wants to play here. Just enjoy the people who are here. You know, yeah. I just it just it drives me crazy. Well, booing is always stupid, you know, like. It's it's stupid unless somebody's doing decisions to like actually affect the world. Like politicians deserve to get booed in public for doing horrible things. Uh, corporate, you know, awful people. Uh, if someone's an abuser or something, you get booed. But like, if someone's just like, I prefer to live in Los Angeles during the winter. It's like, okay, yeah, like you're everybody. Like oh I, oh oh really Tracy McGrady a guy from the states you'd rather live in Orlando during sorry almost swore again during January than like uh, Toronto yes yes that's every grandparent we have they always choose to live there yeah yeah I mean if I could if I could live somewhere else in the winter and then live here in the summer I would yeah great I mean if if, if it's the Jays it makes less sense you know Toronto's a great place to live live in the summer you know. But mm-hmm. like, man, it's 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 brutal out here, man. I get it. I get it 100. Uh, percent Drogic's a different situation, obviously. But yeah, I just don't. I don't truly understand booing athletes too often, unless uh, unless an athlete's just like, I don't like Toronto. I don't like the fans. Like, if it's like truly personal, if someone's like truly gone uh, wrestling heel, that's I guess the only time I could think it would make sense. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of a situation where that's ever really happened. Hmm. Um. No, I agree. I hope nobody boos him. I want to be better than that. Like, I feel like Raptors have not the best fan reputation across the NBA. because like, We don't deserve it. We no, don't deserve a good we're reputation. Too, we're too needy. We're yeah. too desperate. Like, just as Canadians generally, I feel like like every time like there's an American celebrity, we're always like, do you like Toronto? Tell us how much you love Toronto. And then we force them to be like, I love Toronto. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, we're too much about it. Like, we just need to know that we're great and act like it and just have that chip on our shoulder. Like, we Uh should stop looking for approval from everybody. Well, and also just the negativity towards things. Because it's like, yeah, it's like Siakam not making the All-Star game. You can make a lot of arguments that he should make it. It's also like going after Jared Allen for making the All-Star game. Just be happy Jared Allen made the All-Star game. Like Van Vliet, it was a constant barrage of Freddie All-Star for for five months. And then he played six minutes in a game. It's like great. You know, I know that making the All-Star game is more about the prestige that goes along with it, with the events and everything. But like, just have a good time with sports man just be happy like if if you're like why did jared allen make the all-star game read into why he made the all-star game look into it find the joy in jared allen there's a lot of it jared allen's a big man full of joy uh am i wrong (laughs) that's such a funny way to describe he's a big man full of joy he likes to throw down some fun dunks i i actually agreed with the jared allen pick I, I will say this: the craziest thing about Freddie in the All Star game was how much an injured Chris Paul took his minutes. <laughs> like, why was Chris Paul playing at all? I don't even know. Wasn't that so crazy? They're like at the start of the game, 
uh, the reporter's like, I have some terrible news. Chris Paul has an injured and then goes into the medical terminology that I don't remember. Basically, yeah, he's going to be out four to six um, weeks. Four to six weeks. Or is it six to eight weeks? I don't know. A, a, long time. A, a long time. Uh, but anyway, he's still playing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, Fred barely played in the game. But for me... Also looked very injured. Also looked injured. Yeah, that's... Fred's knee injury question mark is a low-key underreported situation, which... We're recording this Thursday, the 24th in the evening. So they play again Friday. Um, Seven games in 10 days is what they come back to. Yeah, they got to figure something out. (laughs) They got to figure something out. Yeah. You know my theory with uh, Malachi Flynn and Nick Nurse, and I'm just hoping something fun happened over the uh, All-Star break to uh, break him back into the rotation. What's that? Oh, um, yeah, it's it's about Nick Nurse and, and Malachi Flynn. I just feel like Malachi <laughs> Flynn hasn't done something for Nick Nurse that Nick Nurse uh, needs him to do. And I hope that they've talked it out and they've uh, they've figured it out over, uh, over the, the break. Well, I think I said this last episode. I was I was surprised to not that we still have Malachi. Like, I really thought Malachi was on the trading block. But we still have him, and I feel like Masai in the one of the post-trade deadline press conferences says that he still believes in Malachi. So, I mean, if that's the case, we really should see more of him. Mm-hmm. He should be given more of a chance. And for me, this whole season was always about giving these young guys a chance. It wasn't really about the playoffs. It's just like always, we've exceeded expectations in the regular season, and here we are. I can't imagine Malachi had any trade value for a guy that small who can get attacked defensively. He's got his good points defensively, but like you could just post a, him up. Just, uh, He's shooting yeah. terribly. He's not creating a lot of shots for other people. It's like there's there's not a lot of value in a guy who's like 23. And the best we probably could have gotten would have been a second-round draft pick, but he was a first-round draft pick. So that oh, I, be, that's a real L. Yeah, I, I don't even know if they could get a second round pick for him. Like, I don't think he can make the roster of a lot of teams of where he's at. But like the institutional um, uh, value of having a guy like that pan out is, I think, what's keeping him on the Raptors for now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, with that, we it's time for the dying segment, but trying to keep alive. Hot girl summer, Nick Nurse highlight <laughs> of the week. Sometimes, some weeks, a lot of highlights. Mm-hmm. You know, he he get he he's on TV, he's on Murdoch, he's doing things, he's on podcasts, he's living his best life. And some weeks there's nothing. Has he been not on social media this week? He wished Dr. J a happy birthday. Okay, okay. Because he that's nice. That's the, nice. That's kind of sexy. It is. He because he's on the board of directors for his charity. Okay. Yeah, that was really our only moment in my Instagram search. Like, you know, when you just press like search and then just all your yeah, yeah, the pictures come up. So I did that. And his wife's Instagram account, Roberta Nurse, came up in my feed. Now you got you got to shut this down. (laughs) Look, I don't follow. Okay, I don't follow. I'm not I, you know. I'm not that crazy, but she did share some very nice vacation pics with him in the family. And then 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 re-shared them for, for family day and for their wedding anniversary. So they have no new photos. Oh, reposting from the same moment. Hmm. And I don't know when this moment first happened because it's like they're on a beach, but it looks cold because they're wearing like hoodies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I I'm not the kind of person that really knows how to like deep dive investigate. I don't know if I like I don't know if I low key care enough, but right. I feel like I know people who do. And there's probably people who listen to this podcast that like want to f- know more 
And I want anyone who's listening who cares to find out more and then tell me. (laughs) What information are you looking for? I don't know. Just any fun tidbit, any fun fact. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he loves his music. That's all I can really say on here. Yeah, like, what is this cold beach that they're celebrating everything on? You know what I mean? Like, that's... that's Nick Nurse's brand is kind of cold beach, though. (laughs) Cold beach with the Arkells in the background. Yeah, him just yelling at his kids to enjoy the beach, uh, even though it's so cold that day. It would be like if you ever released an original song and put out a video, it would be like Yellow by Coldplay. <laughs> it's raining on the beach and he's walking. Oh my God. Ocean. Nick Nurse is the corniest guy in the world. <laughs> Singing something very romantic. Yeah. It's very romantic. You thought about this a little bit. No, I just thought when you said his brand is a cold beach, then I thought of that video. <laughs> I promise you I didn't give it more thought than that um he's not even like close to me and like handsomest coach in the league like i think like eric spolstra is like a much handsomer guy than like really nick there's something about spolstra that feels a little too stiff for me he was very stiff over all-star weekend i'll say that he did not look i feel like some coaches are like this is not for me yeah but he seems stiff like all the time i don't know he does not have a relaxed energy we're like i feel like nick nurse has many energies like yes but he but like he's obviously like very intense and stuff during the games but then we also have this other very light-hearted side to him which i like he's definitely he he's one of the weirder coaches we've ever had it's like kevin o'neill to me was the weirdest coach by far <laughs> he was like a psychopath uh, a terrible coach I remember he broke his he broke a lamp when he found out Jalen Rose was injured. Was one of my favorite things. He broke uh, a lamp. Yeah. Wait, yeah, did Jalen tell that story? I can't remember. This is like a really old story, but it was like very well known that he had like a complete conniption fit when Jalen Rose got injured. When like anyone who was watching the Raptors at that point were like, Jalen Rose isn't that good of a player anymore. No, well, not not at that point. No, not at that point. He was good in his day, but like he yeah. had a pretty steep fall off. Yeah. I, okay. I would love to do as like an off season special is just deep dive into the history of Raptors coaches and, then, make, and then just rank them by like how psychotic <laughs> Lenny Wilkins would be like dead last. He was like basically asleep his entire uh, <laughs> tenure as a Toronto Raptors head coach. He never looked like anything bothered him. Like they could be up 20, down 20, tied game with two seconds left. Exact same expression. I loved it. That's true. He was very like that. I agree. He Uh, was just very old. Some people like the tail end of his coaching. Well, he I think he did coach again after the He went to the Knicks a little bit later. He went to the Knicks. But that was and was a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. He was a player coach back in the day in the 70s. He was. Mm Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that has those stories about like traveling and coach, like flying coach, mm. like to games and stuff. Like he just has those like really old back in the day kind of stories. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I really love Lenny Wilkins, but uh, I mean, I, I said earlier, I can't really judge him as a coach, but I know he wasn't the best coach by the time he got to the Raptors. He was no. pretty. Well, I, I think we should not. Well, Let's take out my idea about ranking. I like, they were all they coached. Or maybe just ranking the coaches. I think that would be really fun. Yeah, but there could be like six topics. It could be like um, attractiveness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, really, really, yeah. Lead with attractiveness, not success or anything. <laughs> well, we'll do successful categories, but then also attractiveness. Yeah, we should have some fun ones. I have sure. way too many opinions on the attractiveness of coaches in general. So it would be fun to dive into that uh, in the offseason at some point. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a generally straight male. So I feel like I could like offer a different perspective probably than you on like who's attractive. Although yeah, I think we both agree that Kevin O'Neill, again, is at the very bottom of this list. <laughs> I, you... 
It would be so funny if you gave me opinions just based on like jaw structure, <laughs> like symmetry of the face. <laughs> yeah, real. I, I went. I go into like a Kevin Pelton deep dive into the advanced metrics of the Raptors' attractiveness. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, Kevin O'Neill is a uh, has a jawline that looks like Jason Alexander's if he went through Chernobyl. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, well we have to make that happen at some point. Although he'll definitely be back before the whole season's over. Oh, um, nice. Matt, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Uh, You're welcome. I hope it was listenable to people. I feel like we really went on tangents today. Listen, every time you're on the show, it goes that way. Okay. That's just how it happens. And I think every guest brings a different vibe, which <laughs> is also what I like about the show. Yeah. But uh, let us know uh, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, on the internet. Yeah, I'm, uh, I still have my GeoCities page. It's www.geocities.com slash 543MCC429. Um, you can go there. There's a lot of different stats on the uh, 1997 Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, if you're interested in how Aki Berg was doing that season, please check it out. Wow. Do you have a do you have a MySpace too that you want to shout out? Or I actually missed out on MySpace. I never actually did. I did have a GeoCities page way back in the day, but I never had a MySpace page. Did you have an Angel Fire website? <laughs> I might have had an Angel Fire website. I did. I did um, take a class on like. Uh, making websites in grade 10 there's a class in my school making Uh, websites back then a lot easier no are you kidding they were so hard it was html coding it was so difficult why did i find that easier probably just because i didn't keep up with it yeah i think i think if you're a kid you can pick up everything so quickly yeah 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 but i myself a million times You have to bold something, so you have to put parenthesis B. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, no, few people are t- listen to this podcast to hear about HTML. Matt McCready is on Twitter and Instagram. If you care to seek him out, uh, <laughs> you can follow me at it's me underscore Catherine spelled C A T H R Y N. If you're watching this on YouTube, really catch the last few seconds of Matt just like head in his hands, just doesn't know what to do with himself. <laughs> I just realized I went on a huge unnecessary tangent in the goodbyes. Uh. <laughs> well, hey, that's how it happens. But uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll chat next time. Thanks for having me. Okay, bye. <laughs>